Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. I don't agree with you. This is a common comment written on many a social media post these days. To say that our society is being run on discord would be an understatement. But before we throw up our hands in despair, Dr. Jennings has a few words of advice he'd like to share. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, how can you possibly have good news on this topic? Well, because of how reality works and how growth occurs. Mm -hmm. You see, we really never tend to advance or grow or develop unless we're challenged Mm -hmm. beyond our current level of understanding or operating. Mm -hmm. And so things that challenge us can stimulate and motivate us to dig deeper, to study further, to reevaluate, to stand at a different platform and look at a different perspective that can help us advance and grow. One of the things in human nature is, though, that many people will develop a certain framework of understanding the world around them that builds a certain sense of comfort and security, but that framework may not actually be the most accurate to how life and reality works as God's designed it. And so even though they've got security in that framework, if somebody challenges them with evidence from God's word or from nature and science that challenges that framework, they can be threatened or uncomfortable, and then that can cause conflict or discord. Because this is not only just what we think, it is what we are. When we build that structure you're talking about, we're building ourselves, am I right? You're exactly correct. All people are looking for some way to understand themselves and the world and their society that gives them a sense of security, safety, well-being, and they're looking for explanations that make sense. And so people are always forming these, whether they realize it or not. And because we're finite beings, inevitably we have places in our life and aspects in which we think where there's room for improvement, there's room for advancement and understanding and knowledge and perspectives. But if we develop this mindset where we we are indoctrinated in certain worldviews or certain ways of seeing things as if that's the final word and there's no more light, truth, or knowledge to come, then we can become threatened if somebody challenges our views. You know, Dr. Jennings, I drive a very old car, a 1998 Dodge Caravan, and it is in certain areas literally held together with bailing wire and duct tape. Now, It's still my car, and it still gets me where I want to go. So if my old car and my old psyche, the way I see myself, the way I've constructed myself, works, why change? It really depends on your goals. Bible principle is every person should be fully persuaded in their own mind. So there are people who have no desire to change, no desire to advance. They're very content We call that stuck in their ways, Mm -hmm. and they are free to stay stuck in their ways. Other people, though, have a hungering for truth and have a desire to grow and advance in their understanding of reality. And Bible actually talks about a heart set or a mindset in Thessalonians comparing the the saved and the lost. And it says those that are lost are lost because, quote, they did not love the truth Mm -hmm. and thus be saved. Now, this isn't they didn't have the right list of creeds or doctrinal belief statements. It was a mindset or hard attitude. Their attitude wasn't one that they wanted to grow and advance in new light, new truth, as the God of truth revealed that truth to them. They didn't they weren't lovers of truth. And so I encourage people to become lovers of truth. Now, if we look in history, this idea we're talking about discord, Old Testament, God's spokespersons known as the prophets 
almost always caused discord in society when they came with a message from God. Jesus caused discord to the leaders in his society when he walked on earth. The apostles caused discord. The reformers caused discord. And so the discord was coming, though, because truth was being presented that challenged old ideas. And so the goal isn't to simply say, oh, you're a disruptor, you're causing discord, therefore our goal is to make sure nobody ever comes into our society or our network of of social circles that will disrupt our way of thinking. That's the wrong attitude. We want to say, hey, it's not a question of whether it's discord. The right question is, is it true? Is it evidence-based? Is it supported by scripture and science? Is the question true, not is it causing discord? So it sounds like you're saying that the, uh, the, the, the best antidote toward discord is an open mind. Is that what you're saying? An open mind that is built on a stable platform of truth mm-hmm. and has the capacity, it says in Hebrews 5.14, the mature are those who've developed by practice the ability to discern the right and wrong. See, if you have no capacity for discernment, if you don't know how to critically reason or think, then you are very threatened by new ideas because you can't tell the difference between the healthy or the unhealthy. And this is why many people are threatened because they're raised in systems that indoctrinate into a certain list of things to believe, but they haven't developed the ability to understand why that's the right thing to believe and to be able to differentiate between that belief and false beliefs. And so because they can't tell for themselves, then a new belief they're threatened by, so they have to reject new ideas. So we're using ourselves as the standard. We're using what we believe as the the litmus test for everything. And you're saying that may not be the best way doing things. It may not be ourselves. It may be that we have a church creed mm. or a fundamental list of beliefs, or we have a pastor or a pope, or or we have some other organization that has told us and indoctrinated us. So we're not saying, I, I believe this is what my church teaches. And so we've surrendered it to the church as a doctrinal statement rather than understanding why the church has made that doctrinal statement. You see, this is one of the problems of the Church of the Dark Ages. They had a system of beliefs but they didn't actually have a love for what was true. So when Galileo comes along and he says, hey, the um, sun does not revolve around the earth, the earth revolves around the sun, well, he was imprisoned and he was uh, found guilty of heresy. When Louis Pasteur came along and, and Joseph Lister came along with germ theory and recommended to the medical community that we need to sterilize instruments and wash hands, the medical community initially rejected this truth. It went against the standard accepted medical science of the day, and they were actually opposed in that process. Eventually, though, the evidence and truth won out, and of course, even regular people in the street know about germ theory and washing your hands. Dr. Jennings, in this day of alternate facts and doctored evidence, how are we supposed to use your advice here and use evidence and use facts? What do we trust? How do we look at the world and how do we look at science and say, well, that's truth and that's not? How do we tell the difference? Learning how to look through hyperbole and emotion to actual evidence. So one of the things, the reason we're having this show today is because there's this mindset in various organizations, whether it's a a, um, a college campus or a classroom or whether it's a church group, there's this mindset that if somebody comes along into our group where we have tranquil waters and everybody's thinking the same thing and everybody's teaching the same thing. If somebody comes along with a new idea that challenges us, that causes discord, that causes disruption, that upsets some folks, 
there was this idea, well, if that happens, then that person needs to be opposed or eliminated. The, the one who brings the new idea that disrupts things should be stopped. And I want to challenge that. I say, no, no. First question should be, hey, wait a second. Is what they're saying true? Is it evidence-based? Is that how reality works? Is it consistent with scripture and science and experience? And rather than is it disrupting, maybe those of us like the medical community when Pasteur and Lister came along, maybe the medical community were the ones that were in the wrong and they needed to reevaluate their entire understanding of infections and update themselves rather than condemning the two people that brought the new light. You know, when you say these things, I'm just reminded of our loving Savior who it sounds like you're suggesting that God wants us to have that kind of mind. He, he wants us to question things. He wants us to look at what we are being told and absolutely question, including what people are saying God said. Would I be right in saying that? You're exactly right. This is brilliant. And so God wants people to be thinkers. He has given each person their own identity, individuality, capacity for reason and thought, and he wants us to exercise those abilities. You've heard the old statement, iron sharpens iron. Yes. Okay. It is by thinking and reasoning and actually coming to a person who holds a different viewpoint and challenges your ideas that requires you then to dig down and filter out the assumptions that you've held without evidence to find whether those assumptions are actually supported by facts, truth, and evidence, or whether those assumptions are just things you've always held but are actually contradictory to reality and evidence. And we're so many of these in Scripture. So Jesus, if you remember, said, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Okay, well, the sword he's speaking of is not a physical sword. It's a sword of truth. And what does the sword of truth do? It cuts through lies, falsehoods, distortions, misunderstandings to help free our minds from these things that encumber us so we can become ever healthier, happier people. Oh, Dr. Jennings, uh, when you grow up in a conservative Christian home, we are, I don't know about everybody, I know that I am, and a lot of people that I know are the same way. We were taught not to question, not to question, not to doubt. Doubt is a sin. We cannot look at what the Bible says, what our pastor says, what our church says, what our friend says, and question it, because to do that is to question God. You're saying, no, not so fast. Am I on the right track here? You're exactly on the right track, because the truth can afford fairness and investigation. It loses nothing. If you investigate the truth, the more you dig into it, the more confident you are in it. It doesn't get undermined by investigation, but misunderstandings, false assumptions, distortions, outright lies, anything along those lines, if you dig into it and investigate, they get exposed. And so in this conflict between good and evil, God is the source of all truth. And so he says, come, let us reason together. Let every person be fully persuaded in their own mind. He wants us to investigate truth because all truth eventually leads back to him. But the father of lies wants to put forth these things that sound virtuous and righteous, like have faith, don't investigate, don't ask questions, just believe, because he wants us to believe things that are not based in truth. And if we have that idea that it's virtuous to believe without evidence, then we are vulnerable to believing all kinds of fantasy. In the last three minutes of our program here, Dr. Jennings, set up some cornerstones for us here. How do we begin to reconstruct ourselves to accept truth? Well, first, accept discord in the in, in when I mean by discord, I don't mean hostility. Okay, yeah. I don't mean ugliness. I don't mean a mean spiritedness. I mean a disagreement of concepts or ideas. 
except that a a healthy debate, discussion, or uh, dialogue of different ways of seeing things is part of how we grow and how we advance in our understanding. You will not gain muscle strength if you never push against resistance weights. And after you have mastered the two-pound weights, if, if they don't add more weight to it, you won't grow stronger. And so as we have new ideas come to us, we want to be willing to engage in a healthy dialogue and debate, but it should be an evidence-based, truth-based discussion, not mere opinion. I like the fact that you're saying that God is behind this process, that God is perfectly happy for us to question what we know, what we think we know, to question how we are interpreting what God says to us. God says to us, question. He calls it reasoning. Let us reason together. God loves people to question him. Am I right? Yes, there's a connection there in Isaiah 118. It says, come let us reason together, though your sins are like scarlet, they'll be white like snow. God is connecting the reasoning with him with cleansing from sin because he is the source of all truth. And when we reason with him over the truth, it frees us from the distortions and wins us back to a trust relationship where he heals us. Mm, mm, mm. God wants us to reason. God wants us to question. And when we, Dr. Jennings, in 60 seconds, when we find something that is diabolically the opposite of what we have been raised to believe, how do we approach ourselves and our church with it? My view is to present the truth in love, Mm -hmm. graciously loving, concerned for others, and leave people free. Romans 5.14, every person should be fully persuaded in their own mind. So we present the truth, but we recognize other people may be at a different journey, a different point, and we can love them, and it's okay. We should not feel pressure to force agreement with our ideas. Truth, love, freedom, and willingness to tolerate disagreement. It's okay. We can love people who see it differently than us. Mm. Dr. Jennings with ComeAndReason.com is the website. Lots of good resources there. His books, his blogs, video stuff, radio stuff. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.